Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Momentum Focus Podcast. In today's episode, actually the next two episodes, I get a chance to sit down with um, fellow wellness leaders um, in the way that we know that there's a call on our lives to see to it that women are living well. So you're going to get this episode and a bonus. So catch this one and catch the one that comes right after it um, to fill up your cup. If you've been here for any amount of time, you have heard me talk about the image of a cup that God has used to remind me of how we are taking care of ourselves, that it's not just the outside of the cup that matters, but the inside that we get to tend to. So I hope that this episode um, and the coming episodes will assist you in adjusting your focus and to think about what you have been thinking about until we get a chance to sit face-to-face with each other, whether across a video screen or in person, I pray that this is a blessing to you. Be well. Hey friends, we are back for another episode of the Momentum Focus podcast, and we are continuing this conversation on what it takes to be well, Um, more specifically, the work of being well, because we already know that God has plans for us. We know that his word promises that he can redeem things, he can restore things, he is working on us to do really good work in our lives, even, even as we participate in it. Um, Some of the work that he does doesn't even need our help, but there is a space where he asks us to do the work. There's a space where we can beg him to get rid of stuff. Like Paul says, three times he begged to remove it, but God said, my grace is sufficient. And sometimes the work of being well is holding on to the grace, even as I read something recently that said, it is great to honor God where you are receive the grace and still have a goal to to have a better thing or to have a goal toward a deep desire of your heart or to have a goal to, I don't know, be more disciplined in any area of your life. Um, Recently, uh, some of y'all know I started taking ballroom lessons and it is stretching my brain. And I wanna just say, oh, grace is sufficient. But I'm also like, no, God, I want to be really good at this. And he's like, then put in the work. It's not a snap of his finger and he's just going to show up. And all of a sudden I'm like a competitive dancer. It requires practice. My trainer told me, did you practice yesterday? And I just kind of looked at him. He's like, show me what you learned. And I couldn't show him anything because I hadn't practiced. I can't look at him and say grace is sufficient because he's going to be like, get out of my face and out of my studio. (laughs) So... So that's what we're going to talk about today. I have two guests with me that I am just amazed at the way God puts people in our lives because both of these women I met um, through a connection by God. And it's, it's one of those connections that you're like, that had to be God. 
it had to be because I don't even know how that just happened. Um, and I'm grateful that they serve in the spaces where they're at um, in a way that I know, even if I tried, I couldn't because that's their thing. That's their puzzle piece that even if I reshaped myself, I could try my best to squeeze and fit in where they are. But not only would it leave my, leave my space void, um, I would have to pretend really hard because they're really good at what they do. Um, so both of my guests today are going to talk to us about this space of grace and how do we how do we lead these lives of living well, being well, the discipline and practice of getting well, um, and allowing God to guide that. Um, so I'll introduce my guests and let them introduce the full spectrum of who they are. Um, and then we'll, we'll keep this conversation going. So my first guest I have today is Coria Falker. I met her years ago, years ago as a personal trainer. And it's so funny because every time I think of her, I think of the one exercise move that she tell, she told me, don't ever do that again. <laughs> a dead bug. <laughs> we trained together for years and that gym closed their doors, but somehow we reconnected. And I look back and I'm like, that had to have been almost 20 years ago that we met. Cause that was at the beginning of my fitness journey, um, as a fitness professional. So I'm going to let Coria, um, introduce herself. Tell us who you are, where you are, what you're doing. Um, and what God has been speaking to you about this space of grace. Awesome. Well, thank you. So yes, we did meet years and years and years ago. And if I never see another dead bug, I will not be mad at all. Um, but Coria Burns Falker, by day, I am the general sales manager for Radio One Atlanta. We have four stations here in the city, Praise 1025, Magic 107. Five Classics, one of my hot ones, seven, nine. Got to promote my stations. Uh, so I'm the general sales manager for all four of those radio stations. I've actually been at Radio One. I think this year will be 27 years. I've lost count. I don't know, 25, 26, 27, something like that. <laughs> and um, that's my nine to five. But then five to nine, I have another um, I guess, uh, gig that I do. I'm a gold digger coach and I refer to myself as a reboot specialist. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to help women in particular move the needle on their goals, especially the old stale goals that they put on the back burner for whatever reason. It could be family, it could be career. Um, it could be they gave up for whatever reason at, at a particular time, but that is my goal is to help them reignite that fire that they had um, about something that they wanted to accomplish for themselves. Um, and with that, I am um, the pioneer of the faith board experience, which I created almost 10 years ago. It is a face twist on a vision board. And it is all about taking a back seat and letting God lead you versus throwing all these pretty pictures on a board. And out of that came my book, Pray, Plan, Execute, Fail Proof Goals and Five Easy Steps. I love it. So I, I, in that space of goal setting, um, what's, what's one quick tip on letting grace be enough? Letting grace be enough. Um, you know, not being afraid to go back and look at something that you may have considered a failure, 
Because I think in this day and age, we're so quick to move on so fast. Okay, that didn't work. I'll move on. That didn't work. I'll move on. Well, maybe it didn't work for that time. And I think if we extend ourselves a little grace, like you said, we can go back and we can look at some things that, um, that we can give another try. Maybe we were trying to do the driving. Maybe we didn't ask God for the instruction. No, not maybe we didn't ask for the instruction. We didn't wait on the instructions. Mm -hmm. I got to correct myself there. We didn't wait on the instruction. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Okay, hold that thought because I'm coming back to something. But um, let me go ahead and introduce my other guests. We have Carmen Varnum. And I'm at Carmen, again, another God encounter that... I, I immediately, when I heard her speak, I was like, oh, we're about to be friends, like really good friends. She doesn't know it yet, but like, we're going to be hanging out. <laughs> and I don't do small talk. Like, I'm like, how's your soul? Like, I want to, I want to be best friends with a person immediately. I think about my, my middle son, he never met a stranger. And, and now I realize that that's where he gets it from. So Carmen, um, introduce yourself, let us know where you are, what you're doing, um, and what is God talking to you about grace right now? Well, my name is Carmen Bernard Barnum. Um, I have my uh, business, CGV Enterprises. I started as a mom, wife, working every day. I have 35 years, um, half in corporate banking and the other half in healthcare financial services. And I was, you know, the average mom working, going home, taking care of family. And then tragedy struck, struck my life with um, COVID and my husband passed away. And with that happening and had so much going on in my life and also managing my son's NFL career, I had to kind of take a seat to figure out what to do because it took so much away from me. And I was in an out-of-body experience trying to take care of the burial of my spouse once the, everything's settled the reality is okay you got to figure out what you're going to do next because now number one you got a one household income you know you have to really just re-strategize everything and what I did was I went into prayer because I was in a deep depression I just didn't know where to turn and you know with so much coming on me and then had to have a major surgery that had been postponed due to the death of my spouse, you know, you, you, you're dealing with that. But God came to me and he said, Carmen, finish the book. In my grieving process, sitting around the house, just loafing around. And it was a book I had started two years ago, but with my busy schedule, I never could complete the book. But when I allowed the Holy Spirit to, where I could hear him, God set me down. When I say set me down, phones weren't ringing, nobody coming over. And sometimes, well, not sometimes, God will. He will put you in a place where you can hear him, have your undivided attention. Because at my, the way I was going, I was just running, 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 and, and just always on the go. But God said, no, I, he set me down. And I heard him clear. And once I made that move to get in contact with someone that could get an editor for me to help me with it. Everything was smooth within six months. The book was finished, photo shoot, the whole nine yards. It was done because my, my testimony of my life from coming up in foster care and all the things I experienced throughout my life, God said, you're going to tell your story because that's why I was, he allowed me to go through it. He covered me throughout all of it, but God already knew where our life was going to go, where it was going to be destined. And this was going to be my purpose in life at this appointed time to tell, give my testimony, and it's going to help not just women, men as well, but 
at some point as I go, I am going to gear off to the younger female because we need to reach back and tell them some things because they are not being taught. And the, the, the parental guidance that they have at this point in their lives, they don't really know what to tell them, this, this new generation. And, you know, sometimes people talk about old school, but the old school things do work. And, but, you know, I've, since I'm 54, me with young adult children, I'm learning to hear things their way and my way and kind of incorporate some things where they will listen because you got to find a way to reach the younger people. So now my platform, he gave me grace and I wrote that book by his grace. Here I am. And everybody that come in contact with that book, when they read it, it touched them some kind of way. They've had some type of encounter of the same experience that I've encountered throughout my life. And so when I hear that, when I look at the reviews of the book, it really touched my heart. I said, mm, I thank God that I was obedient and I listened to what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. So this is my purpose and my platform. And even though my son is in the NFL, I, I spoke with him. I said, son, can you work me? Can you help me get it out? So using his platform, every avenue that I could possibly use, that's what I'm doing and it's working. I love that both of y'all in different, different ways, both of y'all touched on um, helping people find their purpose. And I know that sometimes we find our purpose in uh, unexpected ways, like whether it's through trauma or tragedy or someone shows up in our life and we're, and we, our response to that is, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that I wanted to do that thing or that I was good at that thing even. Um, let's talk for a second about the, the person that says, I know I have a purpose, but everything I've tried to do has failed. And I want to tap into like, I don't know my purpose. Cause even me as a, as a clarity coach, there are women that have come to me and I, we went through a whole series of core values. And there were several women that said, I, I don't know what core values are and I don't know where to begin. And I know to ask the question, where do we begin? That's a loaded question. So I want to just back up to the person that says, I've tried it. I've, I've done the vision boarding. I've done the grieving and the loss. And I sat with a counselor. None of it's working. I don't even know what my purpose is. So how do you help someone sit down and determine what is their purpose? I'm going to start with Coria first. How do you help someone determine their purpose? So I think the first thing is it's not with, you know, oh, what you did is how you did it. So I'll go back to what I said before, you know, with vision boards, so many times we're looking for the pretty pictures. We're looking for the perfect house. We're looking for the nice car. We're looking for this. Um, and it's all about what we want. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't want to hear this, but I think once they get the concept, they understand it. Don't start with you. <laughs> don't start with you. I always tell, ask people, nothing's worked to this point, right? So are you willing to just take a step back in order to leap forward? Because if you'll just give me a little bit of your time, take a step back, I truly believe that you'll leap forward. One of the things that I talk about in my book is, you know, writing your own personal affirmations. We borrow everything. We borrow affirmations from Oprah, from Iyanla. But what if you write your own affirmation? So, and there's a formula in the book for that. But my affirmation is, Lord, if what I want for my life is not in your will for my life, 
let it vanish and give me peace about it. Hmm. Because if we can ask God, you know, take this away, but when I ask him to take it away, I also want peace. <laughs> so, and if he doesn't take it away or doesn't give you peace, guess what? You can probably go back and say, or pinpoint something that you did that was strictly about you, that it was all about your motives, all about what you wanted to do. And it had nothing to do with God, right? It had absolutely zero to do with God. So I tell people, you know, you got to pause. You got to take a step back out of this microwave world that we live in and say, Lord, what is it that you want for my life? I know what I desire, but let me just take a step back. I always give this example and I'll, I'll pass it on to Carmen. I use Diddy as an example all the time. I love it. Diddy was a phenomenal producer, right? He should have stayed a producer, right? But he wanted to be out front. He wanted to be on stage. Um, he wanted to be this artist when I truly believe his gift was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So if we just take that step back and say, okay, Lord, I really want to be out here. I want to be seen. I want to be all caught up in the hype. He'll let you do it. And you might be really good at it. But will you be great to the point where you are fulfilling your purpose? That's the question. Come on. Man. All right, Carmen, what you got? <laughs> well, I, she said some of the things that I would say, but I also tell people when you are trying to find your purpose, are you willing to do the work? It's not going to fall in your lap. Like she said, microwave, you've got to be willing to do the work. And I use 10 successful ways to, like, put, when you're pushing through adversity, I said, find your sense of humor, be mentally prepared, take stock of what you've been through already. Um, and adversity is, it's not always bad because you can find some good out of it to move forward, make peace with the situation, embrace the change, refuse to give up and discover your purpose, but keep a positive mindset. Stop saying I can't, I can't, I can't. You got to start speaking over yourself and speak positive and make a step to move forward. Because once you assess your situation, Find something that you know that you're comfortable and that you feel that you're able to do because everybody can't do the same thing. And so once you kind of do those things and just take it one day at a time, then things begin to come together because in my position, I didn't want to be speaking out in front of nobody. I was just mom stayed behind the scene, handled everything. But once daddy left, I had to step up to the plate. I had to learn football number one because I didn't want to go. I didn't, I mean, I knew my son was going to be professional and this is his third year in the season. But then the college days, he was a very good athlete. And then also outside of the sports arena, he does public speaking. Um, he's been on television shows and so forth. He's a marketable person. And so when they come to mom to put that mic in my face, I had to get my mind ready and be prepared to answer whatever questions because I didn't want to look like I didn't know what I was talking about. So, you know, you just have to be mentally prepared and just, like I said, take stock of the situation. And then finally, I always say, trust God, just trust him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild that just what both of y'all have said today, because um, literally just today I was studying, um, you know, you start on one scripture and then you find yourself in another scripture and you don't know how you got there, but, <laughs> but God's like, no, I'm doing something like stick with me here. By the time I was done reading everything, like I stared at the scriptures that I went through 
and I literally wrote on my page for my journal, this is my personal training plan. And it, the words jumped off at me like, oh my gosh, it's my own word, like coming back at me to what both of y'all said of like putting in the work, doing the work, and maybe the work that God is doing in you is not for what you thought it was for, mm -hmm. right? Because how many years have I trained to be a personal trainer thinking I was supposed to be in the front, but now he's saying like, I'm training you for something deeper that might require you to be in the background. Mm -hmm. And that takes humility. Yeah. Because in, in this culture, in this society, like this current generation, and I don't mean like millennials, I mean like the current generation that we're sitting in, 2022, <laughs> we all want to be up front. We all want to have a million Instagram followers. We all want to have our name in lights. We want to have the front cover of some, you know, publication or whatever. We want to be trending, right? We want to be the name in everybody's mouth. But sometimes God's, I feel like God is just saying like, sometimes the training, I even ask my mentor, like, I've got all these books of journals and notebooks of studying. I'm like, I've been talking to God a lot. What am I supposed to do with this? And she was like, maybe nothing. Maybe that was just for you and him. Maybe that's not public consumption. Maybe that was so that you would see, A, that he still cares about you and he has a plan for your life. But I think, I think Coria said it like, maybe I got in there somewhere and I made it about me. That's humble, right? Um, and he just, I don't know, this morning he, I literally wrote on the page of my journal, this is my personal training plan and not a single thing on that page talked about what to eat, what kind of water to drink, when to drink the water, supplements. It was like, do you care about God? Are you really surrendering to him? I literally wrote, what changes do I need to make in order to focus on God's plan for my oh, life. Oh my God, yes, yes. Well, excuse me to interrupt you. What you're saying, I that's what I had to do in the process of where I'm going. I had to totally surrender to God. I, I, I told you I'm not perfect, but I, I try to live right and do the best I can. But there were some things I needed to correct in my life that God was not pleased with and I knew I needed to correct. And so when I surrendered to him totally and made some changes, where I'm going with the book and what my plans are, he's beginning to open up the doors. Mm. And it's a smooth, it's beginning to be a smooth transition. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, yes, I mean, okay, so let me, let me camp here for a second. So, the podcast is Momentum Focus, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again in case there's somebody new listening. Momentum came out of the phrase or out of the statement of um, we all fall short of the glory, right? right? But we all, because of grace, by faith, right? We are saved. We are picked back up. We get dusted off. We get I think it's Israel Houghton says he's the God of the 511 chance, right? Yes. <laughs> we all got 511 chances. And now here we are. And every moment that we get with God, we get to tell people about the hope that we have, right? Mm -hmm. 
moment by moment, you get to share it with someone else. It was not for you to keep to yourself. So momentum is actually spelled moment apostrophe E-M, like moment them, share your God moment with people because it's the power of our testimony that we overcome, right? Blood of the lamb, power of our testimony, hashtag moment, right? So our moment is not our moment. It's ours in the respect of it was us and God but it's for someone else. Yes. And, and then, so then the word focus, I was telling someone recently that like our hashtag is adjust your focus and it's not a shaming. You need to get it together and see things different. It is really like, Hey, can I ask you what you've been thinking about? Can I ask you to consider much of what y'all have shared? Um, and then see if it helps you to just tweak your focus just a tiny bit just adjust it just it's the I think it's Brene Brown says it's the it's the one degree or the two degree just a slight turn and you immediately are in a completely different direction like if you consider like navigation system just a two degree turn and you're now headed in a different direction right? right um so I wanted to ask each of you um what helps you when all the things are shiny and all the people are screaming and you know, things are pulling you in different directions. What helps you adjust your focus, whether it be trauma or you see somebody else doing something else? And it's easy to say, oh, no, I don't get distracted by people. But we do. We do. It's, I think it's just the nature of the beast. <laughs> we, we get distracted and we see them do something and we're like, God, I wanted to do that. But then he says, that's not for you. And you're like, well, why not? So, so what helps you adjust your focus in any, any situation or season? So I'll start with Coria. What, what would you say? Oh boy. We keep starting with me. Okay. <laughs> we can come back. <laughs> let's start with Carmen this time. Let me okay. Okay. Well, I think okay. I know for sure, but let's start with Carmen this time. Okay. Okay. For, for me, it's just like I sing. I've been singing for, for a very long time in choirs and so forth. I love music. But when I get up before a crowd or audience, I have the bubbles. My stomach just nervous. And what I do, because I, I want to please the, the, the audience so they can get, get what I'm singing. And so I pray and I ask, I say, Lord, it's not about me. It's about you for them to get what you have for me to convey to them through song and praise. When I'm going before an audience to speak, I used to be nervous about that, but I, I allow God to calm me down and I, I stay humble. It's exciting now that it's constantly going to go to places, be invited to speak, but you have to keep in mind, it's not about you. It's about God and your purpose and what you're, what you're doing. You, you, you're giving that testimony to help. So don't get so caught up because the audience will get larger and larger and larger. And that's what's happening. It was a small um, setting. And each time I'm going out, it's getting bigger and bigger. I have a, a large event that's coming up, but you have to stay humble. And it's not about you. It's about glorifying God in everything that I do, because without him, I wouldn't be here to do what I'm doing today. Amen. Amen. I love that's really that. Good. That's really good. So I think I would take it from this perspective. Um, 
you know, in my book, and I know, you know, Amia has the book, I talk about planning for distractions. Mm. You can't plan for every single distraction. You cannot. But planning for distractions requires me to keep my eye on the prize. You know, before we got started tonight, and I can talk about it now, I was telling her about a job offer that I got. And, you know, a lot of people would be super excited when you get a phone call about a promotion. But I think in, in that particular instance, because I had, you know, my mind was in a different place. I had my eye on a particular goal. Um, I had planned for distractions. I didn't know that was going to be the distraction, but um, it allowed me to take a step back and to, instead of saying, oh gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you for thinking of me. Yes, I, you know, I'll do, I said, let me think about it. Because everything that's good isn't Amen. necessarily God. I don't care how big it is. That's right. You know, I don't care what it looks like, right? You know, the fruit that they ate off the tree, it is in nowhere does it say it was an apple. Let's, let's be clear. But the fruit that they <laughs> ate off the tree, you gotta imagine it was probably the juiciest, the shiniest, the best looking piece of fruit that they ever seen in their life. But it wasn't God. They still, they still partook of it, right? So I think that that's what helps me um, to, I plan for the distractions, can't do it all the time, but I, I do my best to plan for distractions and say, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how shiny it is. I don't care how big the opportunity looks. Is it you? Is it you? So I want to um, camp there for a second because y'all are going to think I'm crazy, but I read something today. <laughs> I read something today. I was asking my mentor, like, how do you get in and really study the Bible? And it's something that both of y'all said of just like, don't get caught up, like, you know, pay attention to what it is that you've been looking for. Right. And so I asked her, I said, how do I really study the Bible? Like so many people toss out, like, here's the Greek and the Hebrew and here's the original, you know, Aramaic. And I just want to study the Bible. Just pick a book and study. And she was like, then pick a book and study it. And I was waiting for this like profound, like solution. <laughs> she was like, pick a book, open it, read it. And like, think about it all day, meditate on it. And I was like, oh, and I felt like so dumb. I was like, okay. <laughs> Cause I was expecting like, you're going to need a Strong's concordance and then you're going to, you know what I mean? Because, and I share that because I think sometimes the reason we don't go after what God is calling us to do is because we don't think we have either the credentials or the mm -hmm. know-how. Mm -hmm. And she just helped me to see you're thinking too hard about this. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. just stay simple, like yeah. pay attention to what you've asked God for, stay yeah. simple and trust that in the going, he's going to give you what you've been looking for. Right. So right. here's why I say y'all are going to think I'm weird because I've been asking God, will you show me that what I've been putting my hands to that I've been diligent with it and that fruit is coming because I haven't seen the harvest yet. Right. And we've all been in, you know, coming out of the fog of the pandemic and 2020. And, and I've, I've been clinging to, if we sow in tears, we reap a harvest of joy. So mm. I've been asking God, like, where's the joy harvest? Okay. Hold your thoughts. Don't forget it. Write it down if you need to, because here's what he said to me. He said, well, the harvest of joy 
A, you can collect it, whether it's a little teeny tiny, you know, beginning of a harvest, or you could wait until you can put it all in a bushel, assuming that's how you collect a harvest. Um, you could have pockets of joy, like watching my kids. My son just pledged for fraternity, and I probably said this before because I'm just elated over watching him thrive. And my child is in heaven, and watching that joy explode out of him is the best thing I've ever seen. So God literally said to me, you are allowed to enjoy, enjoy that, right? Enjoy it, embrace it. You don't have to hold it and wait for the bigger thing. Fast forward, he says to me, it's just, it's just gardens and scarecrows. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's gardens and scarecrows. So when, Coria, when you were just talking about the fruit, and but what both of y'all said about adjusting our focus, the Holy Spirit reminded me that it, it's about the fruit. Like sometimes if we are too focused on the fruit, that we miss the process. And, and so he's been showing me that the gardening, the gardening and the scarecrow go together. And here's, here's the weird part. He took me to the movie, The Wiz. And he was like, think about the scarecrow. The reason he would not get down, and I'm going to throw my grammar for a second, he, Michael Jackson said, I shall never get down off of this here pole, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the reason he wouldn't is he didn't know that he actually was smart enough. Yeah. He had his head full of all of these quotes, other people's words. He didn't even know that he had his own thoughts. And so this is what God has been showing me mm -hmm. is that you know what you're capable of. And both of y'all hit on that. Like, you know what you're capable of, but if you get distracted by what other people are saying to you or about you, whether this the applause mm -hmm. or the crickets, mm -hmm. you will never get down off of this here pole, <laughs> right? I know modern day oh, parables from the wind, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so that that's where he's like, listen, wherever I position you, you're there for a reason. Whether you're there to tend to that garden or you're there as the scarecrow, you are in that spot, and I have a purpose for it. You can't move until I tell you to. I have so much more to say, but I see Carmen's like itching to say something else. Go for it. Well, first was Corey was speaking when she made the decision not to jump so fast. That comes with wisdom because as you go through life and experience things, everything that looks good and sound good, it may not be good for you. And some things you have to seek God and allow him to show you if it's meant for you to make those moves. Another thing, you have to be patient and wait on God it's not going to come in our time. It'll come in God's timing uh, with a lot of things. Sometimes we want to rush. Sometimes we don't do things out of fear. Um, and, and just like you was talking about the, the garden, the harvest, just like when you plant a, flower, uh, a fruit, a vegetable, whatever, and once you water it, you got to sit back and give it time to grow, to cultivate. And so a lot of things, you have to come out of fear. You have to be patient and wait on God until you can hear 
and do it in his timing and not in our timing. Because I, I was a person like that. I, I want to rush and do certain things and then it would be a big flop because I didn't I didn't seek God, I didn't patiently wait. But that came through with, with wisdom and, and growth. And once I, I reached that point, I could see things before it even get there and say, no, that's not for me. I need to sit back and just wait to my time. Amen. Amen. Man, my thoughts are like, I have so many other conversations we could have right now. <laughs> um, so before we run out of time, I do want to um, ask you all, well, we already talked about what helps you adjust your focus. Um, but what, how would you help someone that um, maybe, maybe they are distracted by the loss that we've had? Like grieve, I was talking recently with a group of women about grieving the loss of friendships and circles that we ran in before. And for whatever reason or another, we're not a part of that circle or friend group. Um, grieving the loss of just the change of life stages. Um, even, even things in like promotions, grieving the loss of what you used to do in, into who you're becoming. Because sometimes growth I'm learning requires loss because there's a pruning in order for the growing, right? right? And we forget that part of growth that you're going to lose some things if you really do want to grow. How would you help someone um, adjust their focus in the space of loss? Whoever wants to start first. I can go ahead. how I, I, I have come across someone that's, that's dealing with that. And the good thing about it that I'm in that space, it's not an easy place to be, but when you're in a position where you, you only have to rely on your faith, that can't nobody else do it for you, you really have no choice. And I, I can cry and lay in my bed and I can say, God, I need you to help me even more, give me more strength, because this a battle right here is too hard for me. Mm-hmm. And this is the hardest task I've ever been experiencing these last this whole year even to this day but I get up and I just try to shake the dust and keep moving you got to keep going because the trick of the enemy he'll have you in such a depression you just feel like oh you can't do nothing you don't want to live you want to it's it it could take a toll but you have to dig deep down in your soul to say I am keep crying out to the Lord because crying is healing for the soul. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to lay there and just cry some things out and get it out. But when you, when you do that, you tend to feel better when you get it out, even though you're still in that place of dealing with what you're dealing with, because I'm still in that place, but I have the will to live and acceptance when things happen, once you accept what has happened, that's what take you to another place. Because before I wasn't accepting it because I didn't want I didn't want to deal with it. I was just just devastated. But once I said to myself, it was God's will, it was his time to go and not mine. Because I was just definitely ill as he was with COVID, but I survived. And and now where I am, I know that God has a purpose for me being here. So when I talk to somebody that's dealing with something, I said, I can't tell you that you know it's gonna go away because it's not. What you you're gonna learn how to deal with it. It's, it, you're going to always remember that person or whatever has taken place, but you're learning to deal with it in a way where you can continue to move forward with your life because God, he does not want us to be stagnant. And, and, and if you get stagnant, you'll never move anywhere. 
So it comes to a point where you just, you got to just dig deep to pull yourself out. It's not easy. You're going to have to have counseling. I say spiritual. I say um, professional counseling. All of that. And it's okay to talk. I'm a person, I tell people, if you want to call me, even in my grieving, I don't wake up at two in the morning. If you call me, I answer that phone to be that listening ear to help somebody come out of their dark place because I've been in that place. And, and there are times where I didn't have anybody to, to call. My children, they all live out of state, but you know they, they know where I am. So I, they will answer if I call them. And I also tell people, God make us all different. And yes, I've always been a strong individual. When this happened, I, I didn't want to be strong, but I am. I, I, God made me that way. I can take on a little bit more than some the average person, but he made us all different. So that's why people like me, when someone is going through, I have to just sometimes put my myself aside and help that person because they could be a person, they could be a person one step away from committing suicide or something. You never know. And so I just tell people, you know, try to pull yourself out of that. Just keep reaching out to people, call. Um, and, and God is, he's so strategic how things happen with me. When I start getting to a dark place, my phone will ring. Somebody will call me out of the blue and they get to talk to me about something and it'll pull me out of it. That's why I, I know God is with me. And I, that's just how I, 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 I convey it to somebody else to show them. And when people can see a person in a place and then see where they are today, that that helps them say, if she can do it, I can too. Mm. Amen. Wow. So I would say, you know, dealing with loss, especially when we have been separated from people so much and for so long, um, Zoom can only do so much. So the only other thing you can really do is begin to love yourself on another level. You know, I would say these last two years, um, I have loved myself on a, on a totally different level. And it's taking nothing away from the people who still love me or the ones who will love me coming in even after this. But I learned to love myself on a, on a different level. Not many people um, know this. In fact, I could probably count on two hands. A little over two years ago, I went through a divorce. And we continued to live together, had nothing to do with COVID. Um, by the time I got to the point of saying, okay, this is probably really going to happen. You know, it, it's funny as a woman, the first thing I thought about, who's going to love me? And I thought, wait a minute, oh. it's somebody right here <laughs> that can love me, right? And I began to love myself on a totally different level. Um, and it has really been life changing, not just for me, not just for me. The second part of that is, is it has been infectious in my household. It has been infectious in my family. It has been infectious, you know, with my friends. I even had some, a coworker tell me, I love the way you love yourself. And it's not an arrogant type of love or <laughs> egotistical type of love. Um, I think I did a story yesterday that like, I am truly falling in love with the person I am now because it took me one hell of a time to get here. <laughs> so <laughs> where I am now, I'm just gonna love on myself, you know, and for, you know, just lack of better language, it really was. I feel like I went through hell to get here. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna love myself from here on out. So I would say that. Listen, my, uh, the love of self to yeah, we have a, uh, 
the ministry that I work with, we have a t-shirt that says, Jesus loves the hell out of me. And <laughs> my mentor says, the only way to help people heal is to love the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like, wow. he loved the hell out of us. So we love the hell out of them. Wow. Like, oh, it just levels the playing field. Yeah, right? it does. Yes. We're all jacked up and growing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know what, Amina? I was so busy loving everybody else. Like she said, I I I didn't take time for myself. But now I'm even right. though I'm by myself, I'm loving it. I don't have to cook if I don't want to. I can just go get yes. myself, just pamper myself. And like Sunday, I left church and girlfriend called me. I went way across town, had dinner, didn't get home to eight o'clock. I felt good. I didn't have to answer to nobody. So this is my new normal, but I'm loving it. And I said, well, God, whatever you have for me in the future, I'm only, I'm 54. Like I said, I'm still young. And I desire to, I'd rather be married. I enjoyed being married. I've been divorced before in a previous marriage, but this last marriage was a very good one. And, and I, I enjoy it, but I will wait on God. He probably got to knock on my head and say, here he is. But <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I'm loving myself. So yes. what you said, it feels good. I love it. Oh, I could sit and talk with y'all all day. So I know that this is not the last time that I'll talk to either of you in this space even. Um, so I want to wrap it up with just something a little more lighthearted. Um, everybody know, most people know me and know that music is my love language. So I would love to ask you what I try to ask every guest on the show. What song is currently anthem worthy of the season that you're in? And the disclaimer, it doesn't have to be gospel, doesn't have to be the Clark sisters or, and if it is, God bless it. Right. But like, it don't have to be. What's your song of your season? Oh, it's so easy for me. This is like a constant repeat. I never get tired of it. Jason Nelson forever. I can sing sing this song. The the lyrics are about the same throughout the whole song. He says forever is a long time. And that's how long I love you. Y'all, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but you cannot tell me that when this song comes on because I sing it to the top of my lungs. It's funny. I can hear the song playing in my mind. That is awesome. (laughs) I love it. Carmen, what would you say is your song of the season? Never Gave Up by Tasha Cobb. Oh, wow. That is a beautiful song. I love it. Love it. Well, ladies, I am grateful for your story. I'm grateful for just your vulnerability of what you shared here. Um, This podcast episode is a part of a series of conversations with other women, um, just in the space, like I said, at the top of the show of helping women to learn what it takes to be well. And it's not a one and done. It is every day we show up, every day we get to take up space Every day you get to get honest with how you're feeling um, and with what comes next. And I love that both of y'all are serving people in the space of help. And I think sometimes we forget that it's okay to ask for help. Um, Even if it's a thing that you think you do well, sometimes you have to ask for help because you become so familiar with your habits that you don't know that you need the help. 
Um, So I will put in the show notes all the ways that they can find you. I'll put Amazon links to get copies of their books. Um, Y'all will probably hear from them again because I know that they both have more to say. (laughs) Um, And I would, I'd love to dig deeper even on both of their, um, on on what they're both doing individually. Um, So until we get to hang out again on this space, y'all, I pray that this conversation really did help you to put some things in a different perspective to go and get the help that you might need, whatever that might look like, whether it's something as simple as, I don't know, learning how to clean your shower. Like that was a legit ask that I had to a friend, like, how do you get the grout white? (laughs) And she's like, Amia, I was like, Kate, you better not shame me. I just need some help, right? Um, Whatever it might be, whether it's small like that, or if it is genuinely, you feel like you can't move forward there's somebody there to help you you can reach out to me y'all know how to find me and i'll be willing to put you in touch with whoever i know and what resources i have so until then i pray that you would live free and i pray that you will continue to live well and i hope that this that this helped you to adjust your focus y'all be blessed and y'all take care thank you